0: You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. So what you're saying is there's consequences. And yeah, I've been sitting on that all afternoon just waiting. Grab some poutine
1: and a double-double. It's time for the two-and-out CFL podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do. Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast?
0: And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football,
1: bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding?
0: This is unbelievable. Ready,
1: set, hook. <laughs> And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, Brazilian Ty, and Travis Curra. Ty, I need an update. What is the current temperature in your uh, condo right now? <laughs>
0: 27 and a <laughs> half and rising.
1: Oh. Oh. Are you on the top floor? Or is yes. Is it the second floor? Top floor. Okay, so. I have, air con- I have
0: an air conditioner, but it doesn't work right now.
1: I thought the guy was coming on Friday or something.
0: Yeah, and then I ended up at a buddy's place on his deck, and it just really escalated from there for the entire 48 hours of Friday and Saturday, it seemed.
1: Man, priorities, man. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know me. (laughs) Let's get into week five. Join 2 and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click CFLFantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And Pick'em.cfl.ca. Okay, the first game of the week... The Edmonton Eskimos absolutely smash the BC Lions 33 to 6. And outside of Natea Jay's 106 yards and a touchdown, there were really no standout offensive performances for the Edmonton Eskimos. That's what kind of makes this one so fascinating. If you just looked at the stat sheet, I don't think you'd be able to make any sense of it.
0: <laughs> uh no, that's that's very fair. I mean, no you look at it and Mike Riley had hundred and fifty seven yards and an interception and that's it. Oh right for on BC's well, side I of think, the Well, I think
1: the stats like, tell the story of BC. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's like what happened. But yeah, like I mean, yeah, like you said a J with one hundred and six, Ellison with sixty six was the second leading receiver. Uh, you know, and Harris, two seventy six, two touchdowns, it very efficient, twenty twenty two of twenty eight passing. Uh, but nothing really stood out except for that Nitea J play. They just plugged away and just kept putting up points, and BC had no answer.
1: Oh, And where does this put the BC Lions? Because they barely beat the Argos. They, they, <laughs> it, it's as close as you can get in a CFL game, mm-hmm. basically, other than a tie. And they do not look good. They They do not look any better week to week. No. It just really doesn't seem like anything's changing, really. And I know it's only week five, and it's it's easy to overreact. And we've seen teams, especially the Lions, get off to a horrendous start to the season and turn it around into a championship, but I don't see any signs of that.
0: No, and, and the way the offensive line is playing right now is the, the first half of Thursday night's game anyway was abysmal. They're not Mike Riley has no time to do anything. Uh, they can't get the running. Like they gave the ball to John White eleven times, and that was the extent of their of their running game. Uh, and
1: you know what? He had success.
0: He had fifty three yards. He averaged just under five yards of carry, and they they went away from him. I, I know it's it's hard to run the ball when when you're losing, but you're down. It, yeah. it, you you still have to do because if you if you're just going to throw the ball, and the way the offensive line has been pass protecting, it, it's not a recipe for success. Because the, the defense is going to pin their ears back and,
1: and go after him, right? And I think we saw it a lot of times this week, where a team, uh, the offense just can't get it going, and their defense is not playing horribly, but they just end up on the field mm-hmm. for an extended amount of time, and it, it, it takes its toll. And you just you you can't let a team have a ball for nearly thirty five minutes of the game, and no expect to win. Like the Eskimos had it for 10 minutes longer than the lions almost. And that's going to wear down any defense.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, if you're going to be on the field for 35 minutes a night, uh, it doesn't matter how good your defense is. They're going to, they're going to run out of gas at some point, And if you're doing it week in and week out, like it seems BC is doing, it's not sustainable. Uh, you know, the losses are just going to keep piling up. If this keeps continuing, because it's, it's, it's so bad right now. Uh, like I, I just don't get it. Like I understand the money that they've spent on Mike Riley,
1: yeah. and
0: you know everybody says, "Oh, the o line." I'm like, "Well, no." And you you mentioned it too on Twitter. They have the horses there. Those guys need those horses need to run. I don't know if it's coaching or what's going on there, but they're not playing uh, as well. <laughs> and I know there's the, the new additions, and, and it takes a little bit of time to gel. But we're in week five here. Like something's. Gotta give because this is not this can't keep up. Like, if if you're if you're the GM, I mean, how long until somebody's head is on the chopping block?
1: Well, I know a lot of people will say that you know what it it takes time for an offensive line to gel, and it does. But the big thing here is that the BC Lions coaching staff is very inexperienced. Yes, and that, there are a lot of guys There are a lot of guys there that have their first coaching gigs Mm -hmm. uh, or or first gigs in new positions, and we're seeing right now that the teams with the most success, the Winnipegs and the Edmontons, have for the most part kept their regimes together for quite a few years. Well, and how do you explain Montreal? Because now
0: they're (laughs) half-decent. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, we're gonna have to. I but cannot anyways, wait anyways. to get to that game. <laughs>
0: but no, and and we talk about it too. Calgary with the continuity, you know, they, they didn't yeah. they
1: didn't skip a beat when Dickinson took over for Hoffnagel, right? Uh, and, and Hamilton was prepared with a, uh, you know, yeah. with with all the changes that yeah. happened.
0: Uh, and yeah, and you know, you look at it, and the these guys, I mean, and we we said it when all these coaches were hired. It's like this is like a two thousand. Like 2005 all-star team. It's like this, this, this could, like there's, these guys were good football players. They know the game, but coaching is a totally different animal. And, you know, they'll learn and there's only one way to get experience in coaching and that's to coach. So, uh, you know, they'll figure it out. It's, it's going to be a learning, learning process for sure. Uh, I just, man, and in the CFL, especially in the West of Western division, it's so hard to, to climb out of a hole and they've they've put themselves in one right now uh, and you know the way the east is going i mean there might not be a crossover
1: which is good for the league which is
0: great uh, but it sucks if you're sitting in that four spot yeah. in the west and you know you, and that's that's the only that's the only place you can get to because you've dug yourself such a big hole
1: early on in the year i think one thing i want to mention is that If Riley keeps taking this amount of hits every single week, although Mm -hmm. it seems like Edmonton's the team that's been able to get to him uh, the most, you can't keep taking that punishment. And Trevor Harris hardly gets touched, but when he does, he goes down on the play. And it was called roughing the passer. Clay Brooks ended up challenging it, and it was overturned. Mm -hmm. A lot of people wearing the green and gold glasses Mm – and I know there's a lot listening to the show right now. <laughs> I have I have to say that I'm glad that that was not roughing the passer. It, it looked to me like Odell didn't make contact with the knee. He made it with the thigh and the hip area, mm-hmm. and it kind of looked like it hyperextended the knee. And that's and that happens sometimes. Some I think whether we want to admit it or not, some guys get hurt by accident.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, like,
1: and maybe it's maybe Odell shouldn't have been, I guess, diving uh, at the knee, but I am glad that Harris came out for the second half and had the game he did, and I'm glad it wasn't mm-hmm. roughing the passer. And I know a lot of people were throwing mud at Odell, calling him a dirty player, and maybe he's had <laughs> instances in the mm-hmm. past that were a lot more malicious than this. I, I think it was just one of those freak plays that happened at game speed,
0: and and like he didn't he he didn't go too low in my opinion. Like you said, the thigh area is where he got him. So yeah, that's not rough in the passer. It wasn't late. Uh, he did kind of launch himself, but yeah, I mean it, it's a the guys are going to get her. It's probably just a charley horse and a deep bruise, like it, and maybe and maybe a little bit of a hyperextension. But I don't. I wouldn't call it a dirty play, and I, I, I'm i with you that I'm glad they took uh, or reversed the penalty call because if they're going to start calling that roughing the passer, uh, then it's
1: going to be really hard to take a quarterback down. How about Claybrooks being 100% on challenges? It's unreal. Although that for second six, challenge.
0: <laughs> and, and they can't win a football game.
1: Yeah, (laughs) at least they can win the challenges. At least
0: they can get two wins a night, yep.
1: It was this game when he ended up challenging... Was it the pass interference, but there was offside on the same play, so Mm -hmm. it only moved up five yards? Yeah. This week had some of the most bizarre instances that can happen in a game, and by the rule of the book... That's what it is, and I know we're really quick to crap on officials. I've done it. Everybody's done it. What? I <laughs> I honestly think the CFL might be the toughest game in the world to officiate. You have to keep track of this Canadian ratio at all times. There's all these other wrinkles to this game that you you have to know. Like... I don't. I a lot of the coaches probably don't even know mm-hmm. that that's all that they would have gotten, basically five yards because the offside canceled out a ten yard interference. But th- what blew my mind is that the play shouldn't have counted anyway. So I don't get why he could have challenged it. The fact that the refs are able to keep this stuff straight as well as they do it just blows my mind
0: <laughs> well, like yeah I and mean, if you look at the game sheet it's a dead play, it's a dead ball or well not a dead ball yeah. there's no play recorded on the penalty right so you're like okay well and you could tell he was offside like it was he was three yeah, steps yeah. three strides past the line um and then i thought it was and then i thought it was really weird when they challenged for the pass interference cuz i'm like well even if you do win this because it's a it's it's a non play, they can't give you those yards, so it just becomes a ten yard penalty. But you were offside, I guess you get to replay the down. I guess
1: right is yeah.
0: is what Clay Brooks is maybe going for, and you know five yards is five yards, whatever. But to, to replay the down, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where you, like it's it's weird.
1: There are so many bizarre things in this game, like the Lions' Sergio Castillo had a delay of game on a kickoff. Yeah. I I can't tell you the last time I'd ever seen that, but it only took to week five, and we've probably already seen it, but we are seeing pouty, lazy Daron Carter already.
0: Shocker. Like, and just, Mike Benavides might be my favorite analyst. Even though oh,
1: he got screwed at halftime. He, and he, he, he <laughs> ripped, was at the he, Friday game. He ripped
0: Deron Carter <laughs> apart on live television. and I loved every second of it.
1: He he, he looks like he's already given up. Yep. And I honestly, I, I, I would not be shocked one bit if he if he gets cut. I do think that the Lions. Probably their first order of business is to get a new offensive coordinator out there because the way the offensive line is playing, a lot of the play calls had the routes developing 20, 25 yards down the field. Riley doesn't have enough time to let those routes develop to throw to these guys. And
0: and only one underneath route as a check down. It's it's not a recipe for success. It's hard to move the ball down the field like that, that's for sure. Um, but you look at, look at DeRon Carter. He's got forty targets this year, which isn't bad. Like that's averaging eight a game. He's only got two, oh, yeah. he's only got twenty four catches and two hundred and five yards. Like it has gotten worse as the, his his high season high was sixty five yards opening night against Winnipeg, and it's just been steadily declining
1: since. So how frustrated were you uh, picking Kenny Stafford? His one catch in seven yards
0: wasn't thrilled
1: uh, my one catch in 14 yards from Ricky <laughs> Collins. Collins just made me smile I I thought I couldn't get much worse than last week well I was better but it was pretty hard not to be as bad as last. two embarrassing weeks that leave a black eye on my uh my fantasy season you, just <laughs> who did
0: you lose to this week I don't remember
1: uh, oh, do we have to talk about it
0: <laughs> no because my team did not perform very well either but I knew I didn't have well, to be you still that beat good. me
1: by I think you beat me by double digits and you scored 72. Yeah. <laughs> Not a big deal. So I know the lion or the Riders have been up and down this year but now they have the Lions twice in a row. I don't know how these two games are going to go starting next Saturday in Regina. As for the Eskimos, they're getting ready to play the Montreal Alouettes, who just do things differently. (laughs) That's that's fair. (laughs) Let's go to the second game of the week where the Winnipeg Blue Bombers beat, well, dismantle the Toronto Argonauts, 48-21. The, I think the score flatters the Argonauts. Um, it was 37-6 at halftime. Uh, so I guess we could say the Argos won the second half 15-11. to there, There's a positive for Argo fans. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it all started like I mean I I, I, how many Argo fans just turn the game off 15 seconds into the game when Lucky Whitehead returns it for a touchdown got, the opening kickoff that,
0: that's got to sting a little <laughs> uh, it Just, it, I know we make fun of Montreal quite a bit but nothing's going right in Toronto right now either they look and, lost I mean they ran the ball Fourteen times. Um, three of those carries were quarterbacks. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you know that's James Wilder Junior. Five carries for twelve yards. You know, and then had, wow. had five on had five catches on six targets for forty one. Um, and I know we say like get him the ball and you know get. The, Get the run going, but he is not being productive whatsoever on the ground right now.
1: Um, I know Brandon Burks had a fumble, but five carries for thirty six yards. And that, that's I mean that was the,
0: that was Toronto's leading rusher. Like
1: I think you give him the ball.
0: I, I think you have to, and I mean McLeod Bethel Thompson shouldn't have to throw the ball thirty nine times a night. No, right? Like, I i their D, or their offense right now just. They have no running game, uh, and yeah, they he th- threw for three hundred eighty eight yards, three touchdowns, and two picks. But they weren't—I don't want to say weren't defi- like, but weren't efficient. But I mean, yeah, all these yards, and you still lost by four scores.
1: <laughs> A lot of it was the bombers just packing it in too. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was garbage time, right?
1: Oh, like when an entire half or more is garbage time. Yeah. They 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 actually look like they didn't know what they were doing out there. Like mm-hmm. McLeod Bethel Thompson is trying to line up the entire offense. Like they are, they, they've never like played a game. Like they're kiwi football players. It, it looks like they just had a week of training camp and went onto the field and d- don't know where to be. Uh, I don't know if Chapdelane's new system is really complicated and they're having trouble grasping it and having trouble with the playbook but i i don't know how long these excuses can last uh cory chamberlain has lost 13 consecutive games as a cfl head coach
0: <laughs> that'll punch
1: you right in the gut <laughs> there are some people on that team that just need to look in the mirror and say what am i doing here mm-hmm because I know Bethel Thompson had a, a few interceptions there but some of those are just straight off receivers hands like yeah what, what can the guy do <laughs> uh he's pretty much he he has to win football
0: games by himself right now yeah right like it's it's not going well I don't the only, I don't see it changing unless you know James Wilder jr somehow finds the form that he had two years ago when he was a rookie And starts doing that again, or you know, unless they're going to go with Brandon Burks, but they're not going to commit to the run. Uh, Their offense is going to struggle. And I know, I know, like I said, three hundred
1: eighty-eight yards, but you only scored twenty-one points. At this point, they they can't even commit to the run because they just get behind so Mm -hmm. fast. And I know in the CFL, with the clock rules, you got lots of time. I think it's easy to feel a sense of panic, but. It was fourteen nothing, and all the bombers did was have a like a five yard pass to Andrew Harris for a touchdown. The rest was return yards. They, they scored fourteen
0: points on one offensive play. <laughs> right, opening kickoff, and then the Charles Nelson punt returned down to the five, and and, yep. and then the pass Andrew Harris on their first play from scrimmage. Like, oh, that's amazing.
1: One. Matt Nichols goes 18 of 24 for 209 yeah. yards and three touchdowns. He had a another long one, a 44-yard touchdown to Nick Dembski. He mm-hmm. had a touchdown to Darvin Adams, uh, Andrew oh, Harris. That, on that Darvin and, Adams
0: catch, though, along the sideline? Oh. That
1: was unbelievable. Oh.
0: Right there, I was like, yeah, this game's probably over.
1: Nichols <laughs> is making... He is using the game manager thing to his advantage, and I think it's never been more clear. That was and you know Friday. This this game is the definition of a game manager.
0: When you look at that stat line, if you're going to throw seventy five percent for only two hundred nine yards, three three touchdowns, and no picks, that, that's those are game manager numbers, right? <laughs> well, they are. They are. Go look at Trent Dillford's stats when they won when they won the Super Bowl with in Baltimore. Like it's he he i will say this so he is stretching the field a lot more than well he's
1: got the weapons now to do it and now, now he's
0: and that that's of course half the battle so like the 209 yards aren't just a lot of this dink and dunk over the middle stuff for 6 yards and just kind of marching down the field like he, they're go they're taking shots and it, it it makes it funner to watch
1: i guess i it's 11 yards per completion so it's not it's not the craziest thing in the world but they mm. don't throw the ball 35 or 40 times like in Edmonton of the world you know yeah. so who knows what it would be like if they ever got into a shootout because no other offense in the league is able to run like the bombers either. Lucky Whitehead had twenty-seven rushing yards on two carries. A Strevler had thirty-seven rushing yards. Harris had one hundred and sixteen on fourteen carries. They they don't need to throw no. the ball thirty-five or forty yard times a game.
0: No, and that is probably the best thing for that team. Like if oh yeah. It, it's so balanced. Oh, we got a we got a bull jumping out of the chute here. Sorry, the stampedes on in the background.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about Andrew Harris oh, to be honest. No, that's,
0: fair. that's fair. He averaged if he's going to average eight point three yards and a carry. <laughs> uh, yeah, give him the ball. It, only there's only one good thing that can happen when you throw a football, right? And the other two are very very bad. So, if you can control, and, and it's a great way, you know, choose clock. It eats up the yards. It, it you know, tires out a defense, and he's a physical runner. It and it it takes so much pressure off, off Matt Nichols that you know when they do have to throw or when that the the defense has to respect the fact that Andrew Harris is on the field, and it just opens up so much for yep. the receivers.
1: Uh, I think the only positive for the Argos is Darrell Walker, who had nine catches on uh, 13 targets for 188 yards and two touchdowns. I think Mm -hmm. it ended up being just over 40 fantasy points. Uh, So he looks like the guy that the Argos signed and we're counting on. But again, when a half of football is garbage time, Mm -hmm. does that even really matter at the end of the day? And the Argos actually had a chance to put the game within two scores in the fourth quarter until the Bomber (laughs) defense said, okay, we've let you had enough, and then they ended up uh, stuffing them on the goal line three times in a row, just showing that, okay, the, the Bomber defense is still here. We're not just going to let you guys get back into this one and have a little bit of a pity party here. Uh, but th- they talked a lot about it uh, on the commentary, saying that, Hey, O'Shea's got respect for his opponent. He's going to keep the starters in. Although Chris Strebler scores a rushing touchdown at the end of the game and celebrated it uh, pretty hard, and that's had some people upset uh, on- online. But it's already happened a lot this season. This is professional sports. If you can't stop the other team, uh, don't make it. Don't 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 let them score. But we saw the tweet from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and this is the last (laughs) thing I want to mention on, on this game, where the Argos sent out an innocent tweet. All it said was 23 degrees in Winnipeg for the game. It's a scorcher by Winnipeg standards. And then the Bombers quoted it and said, one degree for every fan at BMO last week. Oh.
0: And, and when you look at that it's like, oh, that's Bolton board material and then you remember it's the Argos. Like the the <laughs> fact, the fact that you have to bring up they had a chance to get within two scores late in the, in the fourth quarter there just tells you everything that you need to know about the Argos season so far. Like if that's what we got to talk about that they they could have got to within two scores
1: in a football game? Yeah. That but was the We're we're, <laughs> we're we're really reaching into the bottom of the barrel here. Do you care if a team is sending out tweets like that? I love it. I, 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 I know people want to see more, uh, personality from team accounts, mm-hmm. but I'd rather them keep it with on the field stuff.
0: Yeah. I, I, under, I <laughs> call, calling out the Toronto for like, you know, the lackluster attendance numbers and everything. It, it's, it's kind of a low blow. Uh, Oh, it is. <laughs> right. But at the same time, it's hilarious. But, I mean, they should be, they should be, every, they should all be on the same team when it comes to stuff like this, right? Because, it, yeah, it's not successful if, 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 you know, you're only getting five, seven, eight, nine thousand people. It really sucks, uh, you know, and it just, it makes it hard to feel a competitive football team. I, I know there's a cap and everything, but it, it, it's really hard to play when there's
1: nobody there. Just at the same time, like, how many fans are tweeting that or commenting that on every mm-hmm. post w- on Facebook or Twitter? Mm-hmm. And then a team does it, and, and they're the bad guys. at the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the teams know that there are issues in Toronto, and mm-hmm. we're just trying to pretend that it's all rosy on the one hand. So... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what's going to come out of this. I don't think a guy should lose his job over it. But saying, "Hey, I like what you're doing. I like what you're trying. Dial it back but, a little uh, bit." Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, it it is it, the the one thing I will say before we move on is like as as a as a guy that as the, as the guy that runs that account, he has to have a certain sense of decorum when posting stuff online, <laughs> because I mean, you are a professional sports franchise. Yeah. Right. So it needs to be a little bit of a little bit of I I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for. Decency, I guess towards right. it. Like you can be funny, but we don't want to cross any lines because we know, like you said, when everybody knows that there's problems in Toronto right now and it, we don't need to point it out because we kind of know that it what's going on.
1: Everybody knows, but, and there's no. We don't need to drag them through the mud. And the Argos themselves are pretty self-deprecating as far as their on-the-field mm-hmm. performance was. I think they were looking for Netflix recommendations in the fourth quarter. So <laughs> yeah, uh, that's fair. I mean, I mean, they they they're having fun with the on-the-field yeah. stuff. So uh, maybe leave the off-the-field stuff uh, alone a little bit. Now, uh, this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Park Power. It's a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit-sharing with local charities. That's uh, feeding two birds with one scone, Brazilian tie. Stop it. Uh, in, the, <laughs> in the province of Alberta, you get to choose where you buy your energy from. So if you like what Park Power does and you like saving money then make the switch. They have low overhead, and chances are you're going to save a pile of cash. You can go on their website, parkpower.ca. Just plop in there what you're paying now for your energy, and it'll show you how much you are going to save. If you want to make the switch, nothing changes about your service, only the amount you're paying on your bill. Learn more and make the switch today at parkpower.ca. That is parkpower.ca. The third game of the week kind of has some other news overshadowing it. So let's quickly just go through uh, what happened here. The Owls beat the Red Blacks 36-19. And it was, like I thought it was going to be, a low-scoring, hard-hitting affair. At least through the first half, it was 9-9 at halftime, and then the Alouettes kind of took over in the second half. But I think, at least I thought, that Vernon Adams Jr. has all the potential in the world Mm -hmm. to be a star in this league. And he went 23 of 30 for 327 yards, two touchdowns. He had 41 rushing yards on seven carries and two rushing touchdowns as well. I think Vernon Adams has arrived. This was his best uh, game as a quarterback in this league, and it was fun to watch.
0: Uh, Yeah, (laughs) it was a career night. Uh, And, you know, for everything that's gone on with this franchise uh, in the last – well, we can just say since Calvillo left, um, half a decade. Yeah, <laughs> this is, this is a, quite the little ray of sunshine coming through right now. Uh, you know they're on a two game heater. Uh, you know Vernon Adams, if he's going to play like this, there's no reason that they won't make the playoffs if, if this can keep up. William back you know 100 yards on 18 carries. they they've they've got uh, they've got a running back that can provide consistent games. It looks like uh, so far, and then you know the receivers. I mean, Quan Bray, six six for four, five for six, for 134 yards and a touchdown. Uh, this guy's kind of come out of nowhere, and you know, the offense is really starting to click in Montreal. And we talked about the additions that they made on the defensive side of the ball as well, and everything's just starting to come together. Uh, and you know, in in the East, I don't I, I don't want to crap on the East, but you might only need to win nine games. So right, I mean, if you play 500 football, you, you'll be okay. And and I think this team is is totally capable of that.
1: Quan Bray's only had this is only his second game in the league. He had himself a yep. good preseason. I think he had eleven targets last week, and this week he goes over one hundred and thirty yards for and a touchdown. Uh, I think it was only twenty five hundred on TSN CFL fantasy. He you was, can bet yes. it's probably going to go up. Go up to 3,500 or somewhere around that Mm -hmm. uh, right now. But B.J. Cunningham was making the tough catches. He had 64 yards and uh, six catches. William Stanback had another 100-yard game. He had 18 carries. Kind of frustrating as a fantasy owner. No touchdowns. Exactly, because they get close to the goal line, and then Vernon Adams can finish off the drive. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and and Vernon Adams is turning into... To a quarterback that you have to seriously take a look at every week when you're setting a lineup. Oh yeah, because he absolutely like he is he is such a dual threat, and it's fun to watch too. Uh, but he's putting up points like crazy right now.
1: The Bray and Adam stack might become pretty popular in the next few weeks I, here. I wouldn't hate it.
0: And you know they're gonna play. They gotta play. They gotta play BC two more twice yet, right? So I mean, there's <laughs> there's an easy forty point night.
1: And how many miles is Adams gonna put on next week against uh, Edmonton's front seven? <laughs> it's a great question. <laughs> it'll be fun to watch. It, it I, I think be. it'll be a, a lot of fun. As for Ottawa, their offense just couldn't get moving. Uh, Can I ask you something before, like while we're talking about how did Dominique
0: Davis and this offense? Score 44 points against the Riders and have the game that he had. And now this is what we get. I don't get it. I don't get it. It, it, Jacqueline Hyde. You know who this wouldn't have happened with? Trevor Harris, probably. (laughs)
1: We're we're talking about it so much lately, but the time of possession in this one, he was really out of whack at certain points in this game. And actually if Montreal would have been able to finish drives in the first half, they would have run away with this game Mm -hmm. a lot sooner. Ottawa's defense actually kept it in it for a really long time until they just got worn out. Montreal, I think, can teach a few teams about committing to the run. Stanback had 18 carries, and a lot of them, they weren't all that successful, but they kept sticking with it until they were just running all over Ottawa uh, later in the game. But is Moses Mado's time coming to a close in Ottawa I know it's a smaller sample size for John Crockett and it was later in the game but eight carries for 62 yards he had a great training camp I think we're only a few weeks from him being the guy in the Red blacks backfield
0: and that that is a, a for sure possibility uh you know Mado 47 yards on 11 carries 4.3 average Crockett comes in eight for 62 7.8 I mean it's... He's almost doubling him in, in production, yeah. right? Uh, or well, for average per carry, and I, and we, you cannot dig yourself a hole. It's so hard to win football games as the season gets la- later. So you need to win. You, you, well, you, you want to win every game, obviously, but yeah.
1: Like, it,
0: if if Moses Madu isn't helping the team win, I mean, if they're only giving the ball 11 times, it's hard for him to contribute. I get that. But if there is a better option, then, yeah, 100% then you have to go with the better option. And I, I, small sample size, like you said, though, as well. But, I mean, if, it, if, if it's going to work, it's going to work, right?
1: The Red Blacks had four turnovers. uh Two fumbles, an interception, and uh, one turnover on downs. The Alouettes, their only turnover was a uh, turnover on downs themselves. Mm-hmm. So the Red Blacks really need to take care of ball security. And to me, it does look like Dom Davis is not getting all that much help from his uh, receivers. And if they oh. did make a play, they would put the ball on the ground. Mm-hmm. So that is something that Ottawa's going to have to work on, and another team we're going to talk about later in the show is going to have to work on too.
0: Yeah, ball security is so paramount. It doesn't matter. It, it you could have forty minutes of possession time, but it you make one one bonehead move or one one bad decision, and you're not securing the football, and it, it doesn't matter. And we we saw it in the Grey Cup, Toronto and Calgary. You know, ball security was huge that night with all oh, the yeah. snow. And it was—I don't want to say it's what lost Calgary a Grey Cup, but it that that turnover had a huge impact. And if you're going to turn the ball over and lose a turnover battle, you're you're fighting an uphill battle
1: to win a football game. I think before we leave the Montreal game alone, I think there was, uh, and before we talk about the Cavis Reed stuff, there was. Uh, in the fourth quarter, <laughs> some really bad officiating blunders, or at least some confusing things that ended up happening. Where William Stanback was hurt, uh, he fumbled the ball. It was clearly a fumble, but the whistle had gone. And it was ruled by uh, Andre Prue that it was not uh, instantly recovered. Mm-hmm. So they ended up going to commercial break. And I guess there's a rule that you can throw the challenge flag before the commercial break or 30 seconds into the commercial break. If you don't, you can't challenge. So even though it was a clear fumble, (laughs) we come back from break and Campbell can't challenge uh, the play okay, Uh, we'll move along with this drive, and then I think fans were mad at the ball spot uh, on the next uh, play. First down, Alouettes. Later on down the field, big, big catch made on the sideline. Was it out of bounds? (laughs) (laughs) Out of bounds. The challenge flag was not thrown. Alouettes continue the drive. (laughs) And, oh, they ended up finishing that drive with a touchdown. How many times, and I feel for Ottawa fans, but how many times did that go against Montreal in the past?
0: Uh, ever since Calvillo left, every time.
1: <laughs> it was just one of those things. I, You know, sometimes you'll see three calls go against your team in a game, but that was, like, in a drive. It... It 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 felt like the league owns the team or something. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! What do you? That's...
0: You're gonna get us blackballed here. <laughs> Not that I haven't already
1: done that. More than likely. <laughs> All right, and then uh, Sunday morning here he we woke go. up to some sh- <laughs> shocking news: <laughs> the Cavis Reed has been relieved of his duties as Montreal Alouette's GM. I did say it earlier. uh, Morley Scott said it on Twitter. They just do things differently in Montreal. Uh, They let a head coach stick through for training camp and then fire him. Mm -hmm. They let a GM go on a two-game winning streak and finally look like he's put together, you know what, an all-right team, and then they set him off into the sunset. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of speculation that... Uh, prospective owners here. It looks like the Lenkoff brothers are probably in the lead on that front, and basically any other possible owner wanted Cavis Reed gone. And uh, you know what I, I I wanted to say until the press conference happened that you know what I really wanted Cavis to see this through. If this team is really going to Do well and make the playoffs and even if they make it to the East final or even if they make the playoffs at all, I wanted Cavis to, you know, feel that success a little bit and have others eat crow a little bit, but then things kind of changed and I don't know if this is true. But it was reported by uh, some media in Montreal that Cavis Reed has come up with a system to circumvent the salary cap.
0: I don't understand how. How? Maybe he just did it this off season. Like, are we talking the coaches' cap? Because,
1: <laughs> but the league only.
0: <sighs> yeah, I, I don't get it, man. <sighs> if 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 he's that smart, then this team should have been a lot better a lot sooner.
1: Yeah, part of me, part of me, honestly thinks that's kind of—it's just one of those weird conspiracies. Yeah, I, I don't know. But they—they they also said he was caught charging the Alouettes for personal expenses such as uh, plane tickets and things like that. And I, I don't like that he's getting dragged through the mud here. But so what you're saying is, there's consequences. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've been sitting on that all afternoon, just waiting.
1: <laughs> we had a show in June when it was reported that the Owls had lost like twelve million dollars last year, or something mm-hmm. like that. If this stuff is true, then maybe it's just because they're just so poorly managed.
0: And there's yeah, like there's no there's nobody holding anybody accountable. Right, and I mean, they they got to pay, yeah, great, fire the coach, fire the GM, you're still paying them. You're, yeah. you're not saving any money, you're actually spending more.
1: The president, Patrick Boivin, uh, at the press conference, he wouldn't really go into specifics, but they said they found out some things and they basically had to make the change. But I think a lot of this messes on him as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't think anybody's job is safe in Montreal, but you know who I think job should be safe is Kahari Jones, because it looks like that team on the sidelines wants to play for him. A lot of the people were very skeptical of him Mm -hmm. being given the job. But how much does this guy have on his plate now? Because, and I know Winnipeg fans are going to get a little bit squirrely at this. Now Joe (laughs) Mack is going to be helping out with being the GM of the team Mm -hmm. over the next little while. But they said Kahari Jones is going to take part in that. He's helping with the offense. He's the head coach of this team. He's the clear leader on the sidelines. and. I don't know who decided to make the move. Whether it was the league, the president, uh, or Cavis Reed, he is clearly the right guy for it. And the guys want to play for him; they
0: do. And, and they look like they're enjoying playing football. Which, uh, for a lot of years, it looked like guys like yeah, they want to play, yeah. but I mean, the team just was not winning football games, and it was just it seemed toxic almost. And and you had all the changeover; it seemed constantly uh, and you know Jim pop micromanaging everything it seemed uh, now like they're playing really good football the last couple of weeks they're winning football games and you know they look like they'd run through a wall for kahari mm-hmm right and yeah maybe he does like any you, you mentioned like he's got he is gonna be he's doing kind of everything right now uh, so I mean if this is I, I I don't assume that it'll be the year will go on like this. Like they will find a GM in a permanent capacity, and they'll take some something off his plate and give him more time to focus on on the football side of things instead of the operations. Uh, but I yeah, whoever who like you said, whoever made that decision, it it it's looking really good right now.
1: In forty games as a general manager, Cavis Reed has ten wins um is that good if this <laughs> in in <laughs> i feel like i could get 10 wins as a gm
0: <laughs> without circumventing you the know, cap
1: if this stuff is true with the circumventing the cap and the expenses things i i i think that his time in the league might be done mm mm-hmm. mhm
0: that's, that's going to leave a bad taste in a
1: lot of people's mouths, right? Yeah. I, I don't know how true the rumors are, mm-hmm. but it was reported by Herb Zerkowski on 3downnation.com that player agent Jonathan Hardaway was approached about being the Alouette's general manager. So... <laughs> Is he going to have no... T-
0: <laughs> well, he, so he'll go to the combine and just sit in his
1: hotel room. He will he'll have no players for training camp.
0: <laughs> he, he'll he'll now be on the other side of the negotiating table not wanting to pay those rookies.
1: Yeah, he'll be on the exact other side. Right?
0: It, it would be poetic justice, really. It'd be so good. It, it, you think it's a dumpster fire now. <laughs> uh,
1: I think that would just add to the drama in Montreal. Oh. I mean
0: you could make i don't know why we don't have a CFL style like hard knocks like they do for the NFL but it would every year just be
1: montreal <laughs> i'd watch it oh, man. I, I, would, I would totally watch even it even if it
0: was in french i'd watch it i would, i would have subtitles on i'd have no problem with that just to see how <laughs> bad it is if it's as bad as we think
1: and the very last game of the week i think everybody thought it was going to be the game of the week and it turned out to be with the Hamilton Tiger Cats beating the Calgary Stampeders 30 to 23 ruining my 4 and pick pick 'em week. I think ruining your 4 and 0 uh pick 'em uh, week. I but- forgot to make
0: a pick in the Montreal Ottawa game or else I would have went 4 for 4. You picked Hamilton? I changed my pick. Ah, <sighs> didn't tell anybody though. You goof.
1: Real sneaky. <laughs> this game was crazy. <laughs> Nuts! It, it had everything that a uh, Canadian Football League game needed. It was all special teams mm-hmm. in the uh, in the first half. We had a block punt returned for a touchdown by Kadeem Carey, who doesn't get any points with, for it. I know it's so frustrating. I, I honestly, I, I wondered if it would have counted as a return touchdown. But it, it no, it's didn't.
0: A, isn't it a fumble recovery? So
1: wouldn't it be defense? I guess it's because it didn't pass the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Oh, But what a beautiful play. <laughs> oh,
0: it couldn't have worked out any better.
1: It comes a week after we thought it was impossible to block a kick without roughing the kicker. <laughs> <laughs> it's very fair. And he basically showed how it was done, and then fantasy players across the uh, they, this great nation were very sad that it didn't count as a touchdown, and thankfully he got a rushing touchdown mm-hmm. late in the game to kind of uh give players some uh sort of uh <laughs> he only had six uh, re- yards, redemption though. there <laughs> yeah, I know they, yeah. they didn't run the ball at all no. uh and then the special team's fun continued we had will likely. Return a uh, kick for a touchdown. That was 110 yards. We had Brandon Banks return a missed field goal for a touchdown. This game had everything a CFL fan could ask for. The only thing we didn't get was a rouge for the win, but we got that last week.
0: <laughs> so I mean, we don't we don't need to get greedy.
1: But, oh but man! But if,
0: if you look at the score at the stat sheet, though, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the two the two starting quarterbacks, and you tell me who would have won this game. 368 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, or 192 yards with two touchdowns and a pick. Well, the first one. (laughs) The first one's Nick Arbuckle. 368 yards and just nothing to show for it. But a big L.
1: This this was just sort of a bizarre game, and Mm -hmm. it's really tough to unwrap. You you kind of just have to... Watch this game because the Stampeder defense really controlled Hamilton. And if they don't have those two return touchdowns, we're not talking about this game no. the way we liked it. But that is what's so awesome about this league is that special teams is just so, so important still right mm-hmm. now. And uh, there's nothing more exciting than a miss field goal return. And that's why I think the Rouge kinda needs to stay. Because if if they get rid of that and maybe amend it a little bit. Well, I, think, I think I think a team that, has
0: to have a chance to make a play on the ball. Yeah. Like last week kind of sucks because that ball's going out of bounds anyways. So yeah. he has to try to keep it in. And, you know, with the two yard shorter end zone. Yeah, <laughs> but I think I think I think you got to have a, give them it, it at least a chance to get it out. I think that's the only really or the only change you kind of need to make.
1: Yeah, uh, it it was just a beautiful game to watch.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if, <laughs> I if Jeremiah Mazzoli is so throwing for 192 yards, two oh. touchdowns, and a pick, and they're still winning football games,
1: <laughs> but in the past that doesn't happen for the Ty Cats. No. They they needed Mazzoli to have huge games. Yeah.
0: But but I mean that's what I mean though with the the two special teams it yeah. shows just how big of a difference that made because Masoli didn't oh yeah didn't you know burn the world
1: down with his with his play on Saturday no and, and the wind was a huge factor I think mm-hmm. until about the fourth quarter it kind of died down a little bit and that was another thing I think it was the third quarter where the Stampeders were against the wind and I don't think that they crossed their fifty. Oof. The entire third quarter and the the Tie Cats' offense, they were starting on the 50 (laughs) and they weren't able to score any points, they would drive down the field and then an interception so the Stampeder defense, I know that the Ticats had uh, 30 points in this game, we've talked about the return plays, but they kept the Stampeders in this game for as long as humanly possible they had no right to be in this game
0: no and he, with the way
1: the field he, position was going yeah, they got <laughs> they got lucky uh but then at the same time I, this is uh, we don't talk about the Stampeders in this way with receivers dropping balls mm-hmm. with receivers fumbling balls and especially a player the caliber of Eric Rodgers who had 11 targets and 5 catches and some of those were tough mm-hmm. but there were some tough drops on uh, Rogers and Amb oh yeah, yeah there was Marquise Ambles had a fumble Reggie-, Reggie Bagleton fumbled twice and lost uh, one of them a lot of these were after big big plays mm-hmm. shooting themselves in the, the- foot the s- if the steps <laughs> don't drop the ball and don't put it on the ground there's no way that they lose this game, and this no. is not the way the stamp... This is not Stampeder football.
0: No, I, I think it's just going to be... I think it's just an outlier, more than likely. I don't think we'll see this, uh, you know, on a consistent basis. Uh, yeah. But they haven't lost to Hamilton in, what, 11 years or something stupid like that?
1: Yeah, I, w- I think this was the 15th game. I think uh, they <laughs> lost to Calgary... Uh,
0: and if you count if you count the Grey Cup as well into that,
1: yeah, then that was I think 15 games. Right? Yeah, like
0: so, I wonder. I, I I don't I don't know for sure, but I just wonder if maybe they were a little lackadaisical because they have had so much success uh, against Hamilton, and maybe kind of like the trap game mentality almost. Right. But I don't think we're going to see this again. I, I think no. I think I think uh, Dickinson is going to. He probably wasn't very happy uh <laughs> the way they protected the football and next week is gonna be a it, or the next game is gonna be a completely different story when it comes to ball security for sure. It has to be. There was
1: there there was actually a play in the in the second half where uh Kadeem Carey has a nice run. He gets called for face masking during the run and then he gets pushed out of bounds late, unnecessarily by Delvin Bro, which man he's playing uh he's playing a lot different than what we've seen him play mm-hmm. in the past and basically knocked him into some led advertising boards and it looked like it really really hurt uh yeah, they got pads on then <laughs> 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 and the, the the fact that the officials were able to keep that one together because uh Dickinson thought that because of the unnecessary roughness, the ball would go or be where the run ended. But the fact that the face masking happened, you know, six yards or whatever into the run, that that's where the ball Mm -hmm. uh, ended up being. Point of foul. Man, yeah, to keep that stuff together, you know, as fast as they do, uh, props goes to the officials, and I I, I know something I thought we'd never a, say
0: on this show. Uh,
1: I know the, the the football operations account; they do send out explanations, and I know uh, some people still disagree with them, but it, it's it's what the book says. Mm-hmm.
0: And and like you said, for them to like get everything, and it's such a fast game, and you throw the wag oh, yeah. you throw the waggle in there. And guys are hitting oh, yeah. guys are hitting the line at top speed already. Like, uh, but yeah, to for that face mask and then the unnecessary fness and just to make sure that it, they got it right and it, and you know at that at the speed and and the the confusing nature of the rules some sometimes like I mean this week we saw it with the pass interference on the offside and all that stuff uh, for them to get it right as much as they do which would be every time because I would assume that they would get a call yeah. if if something screwed up they're they're gonna get. Uh, called down from the uh, from the from the war room, right? Right, if they, right. If they get a spot wrong, or they'll use that for offside or legal procedure. Uh, so, I mean, they they get it right every time, and it, and it and when you look at it, and how fast this game is, it, it's it's really it's really amazing.
1: Brandon Banks, uh, he made his fourteen thousand dollar price tag worth it with the return touchdown, two receiving touchdowns. The guy, two point convert, when he's on. <laughs> it's like you cannot defend him uh, yep. Nick Arbuckle it's going to be very interesting next week because you say that the Stampeders aren't going to let this happen again well the Toronto Argonauts are the team that has to play Calgary now <laughs> that'll be good this is <laughs> what Toronto needs
0: to get back on track right
1: Oh man! If you like watching train wrecks, that that's probably the one that uh, you're you're gonna want to watch there. But Arbuckle had 16 incompletions. I would say about half of those, if not more, were on the receivers. Yeah, uh, he's he's having a great uh, start to the season, and he might be my fantasy quarterback uh, in week six. You don't. You don't.
0: Well, maybe.
1: Why not? Uh,
0: yeah, I, he's going to be cheap. Well, I mean, his price is going to end up, it's going to start going up here where it's going to be like, Ooh, it is, yeah. Right? Uh, but no, yeah, he, especially up against Toronto, I think uh, who's at whatever quarterback's playing Toronto that week is, you got to take a serious look at.
1: <laughs> uh As for Hamilton, I think one of the most frustrating things about this game was that I had and I think a lot of people had Anthony Coombs in their flex spot mm-hmm. he did absolutely nothing. he didn't get onto the field until the fourth quarter. He wasn't even targeted uh, no, and he actually almost scored a rushing touchdown, but it was called back due to a holding call <laughs> Gotta love so when that he did. Yeah, he did nothing here. They committed to Malik Irons, who had 61 yards on 14 carries. He added another three catches for 20 yards. It looks like they just want that one running back. And when all the receivers are healthy, in Addison, Ackland, Tasker, and Banks, there's just mm-hmm. really no room for Coombs. No. Uh,
0: yeah, it's nice to have him on the roster because of his... Position flexibility, whether you can, whether you want him in the backfield or, you know, playing receiver if somebody goes down. Uh, but other than that, I, I don't see him getting a lot of time. And just like last week when Sean Thomas hurlington got hurt, that's why we saw Anthony Coombs.
1: Yeah, right. Yep.
0: So I mean, the depth is nice, uh, but I just don't. He's not going to be a very viable fantasy option going forward because I I just don't see where he's going to have room. Now, I mean, throughout practice and stuff during the week, if somebody goes down, then like. Yeah, probably, yeah. and we'll, we'll know by the depth chart and all that stuff. But right now, as it stands, I, I'd stay as far away from them as possible.
1: Well, uh, Simone Lawrence played in this one. Uh, we wondered if a decision would come down on Thursday. It didn't, and nothing happened on Friday or Saturday. i got to assume maybe today, I guess, an announcement is going to be made, and also an announcement from... Maurice Leggett, who came on Twitter and said, don't call it a comeback, I didn't go anywhere. Uh, Monday, it's going to be announced where I am, so at the time of this recording, we don't know where Mo Leggett is going to sign. What are your three guesses here?
0: Oh. Well, the Bombers don't need anybody to return kicks now.
1: Yeah, I can't see him going back to Winnipeg. No.
0: Oh, man, that...
1: I can't see it being Montreal because uh, the circumventing stuff. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's exactly
0: why he'll go there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I do, I can't see it being Toronto.
0: I can see it being Ottawa. Uh, yeah. I mean, they could did, it be BC? BC, but I mean, they they got rid of in Ottawa. They got rid of Ryan Langford uh, last week after. Some questionable decisions that he made, uh, and yeah, and they, and, uh, and they they
1: had no return game yeah, here.
0: And Mo, Mo Leggett it, can return kicks, and and you know he can do he can do what Ryan Lankford did, and you know he's been around long enough where he's not going to make those mistakes. And we saw this week how important special
1: teams is. So and he can make plays on defense, absolutely. So. Yeah, so we'll see where Mo Leggett goes, and we'll see how long uh, Simone Lawrence sits out for. And I think if he gets suspended now, then he'll miss the Regina game August first, which is uh, exactly what I didn't want. <laughs> 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 I wanted to see that. <laughs> no, my, my, get my. Uh, my, my,
0: my, my, my i I'm, I'm. I'll go with Ottawa for sure.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm gonna throw out. B.C.
0: They do need help defending the pass a little bit.
1: Well, I don't think he'd play corner. Just
0: defending in general.
1: Maybe Saskatchewan. I don't know. I wish he could have just announced it already. (laughs) (laughs) We will know, uh, I guess, later in the week. We're part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I talked about a conspiracy with Cavis Reed. How about the... It's a conspiracy. Podcast, which I got to tell you, man, I'm really into conspiracies lately myths, legends, anything like that. They talk about it on It's a Conspiracy. You can check out their website, It's a Conspiracy Podcast.com. I believe the latest one was on the Curse of Oak Islands. If you love stuff like that, this is the podcast to check out and all the other great shows at Alberta Podcast Network.com. And as always, if you need tickets for anything, I was talking to my buddy Chris. He wanted to buy tickets to Slash, who's going to be playing in Alberta this uh, weekend. He's like, hey, what's that uh, promo code that I can save money on seatgiant.ca? APN, three letters. You save 5% on your ticket. You support the Alberta Podcast Network in the process. You're paying in Canadian dollars, even for events that are in the States. So if you're traveling, you go to seatgiant.ca, take a look on there. Use the promo code APN at checkout to save 5%. Give us a rating, a review, and a subscription on basically any podcast catcher. And we will talk to you Thursday morning. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.